podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jesus, good evening. Welcome along to the forum. Um, I'm going to have to get the, Gavin a new tape recorder because that team tune is bleeding brutal. Like, I don't know what's happened there. We used to have an MP3. He's definitely taking that off a of TDK90 from 1984. Uh, good evening. Welcome along to the show. It's great to see us all in the chat. Um, you might have noticed that we, I've mentioned Gav's name. That area, he's just appeared there beside me. Below him, we have Shane Davern. And on the other side of him there is Pete. Um, and Pete... We won't be lasting two hours on a fucking podcast tonight. You've absolutely looped the loop, right? Um, and when I tell people to speak, you don't just jump in and start talking for them. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying no more after that. Uh, tonight, we've got four topics. We're looking at Trent. We're looking at Klopp. Uh, we're looking at should we need transfers. And then finally, we're going to round off with what constitutes a good season for Liverpool Football Club and Athletic Grounds this year and Nike kits. Um, and do you know what? If we get bored talking about that stuff, we might see if there's anything funny that comes up in the chat in the meantime. Um, I'm jo- anyway, joined, as you know, now the Sienna stuff is going on. So keep donating. Keep doing it. We've got until, is it November, Gav, that we have to, to do mm-hmm. this? Right, we have, we have until November. We want to get this money sorted. We want to get this girl our operation. We want to make sure that she has a, the best chances possible to have a normal life. And when I say a normal life, it doesn't mean that she wouldn't, won't have a normal life regardless, but just that she'll have a, an easier life in terms of being able to walk around and do all the stuff that she'd want to do, as, as any kid wants to do it. That's out there. Uh, so with that, look... We're going to roll on and we're going to look at the first topic, which we look at um, the second most assisty man in the league, which is Trent Alexander-Arnold. And if I was Danny Murphy now, I'd start warbling on like a fucking cat being strangled in a bag uh, before thrown in a river about something about should be sticking him into midfield because he makes the assists and he's that's what all the England players do, stick him into midfield because midfield and midfield and centre midfield and Stephen Gerrard and centre midfield and midfield and centre midfield Midfield, midfield, midfield. Gavin, Trent, generational talent at right back, probably arguably the world's greatest right back at the moment. Take us away. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about Gareth Southgate earlier for some mad reason, and it always upsets me when I do that. So I thought, fuck him. Um, I'm going to talk about Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, a, a generational talent. I don't even think does him justice. I'm being honest with you. Like he's 22 odd years of age, and <coughs> excuse me, what I'm watching him do for Liverpool now is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know, I, I spoke with Sean yesterday about the match um, on Saturday and, and everyone was going on about, you know, um, Harvey Elliott and, and Henderson had a good game and Van Dijk. And I just said to him, Trent. And he just said, Gav, he's a joke. He's an absolute joke. He said, like, defensively, he was against their best player at the weekend. And I think he done very well. Um, because unless Trent absolutely shut the guy out for 90 minutes, He's considered as having a bad game defensively, which is outrageous, you know. And you look at um, you look at other defenders, and they make mistakes, or they get ran once or twice, and they can still be given eight or nine out of, out of ten. He's held, and I suppose that's something that he's held at on such a high regard behind it all. You know, the sort of way if anything goes against Trent, it's like, well, something happened, Trent, and now here's something we can bait him with. But to look at him at twenty two years of age, and like I brought this up because I want to get your opinions on it, and maybe like I think you think he's probably one of the best around. I would say Davo and P think the same, but I just wanted to have a chat about him because you know what, I'm watching this guy since he started. We all are. 
you know, and he comes into a team and the story goes is that he was a midfielder in, in the, in the youth setup and he was a centre midfielder, he was a right midfielder and they spotted that, you know, go at right back. This is your quickest route into the fourth team. You're a brilliant talent, but right now at Liverpool, going back whatever, four or five years ago, we had midfielders, we had wingers, we had, you know, we had good players and this was your quickest route and he's gone in there and the way he plays right back, I've never seen anyone do it. Never. And I don't, I can't think of anybody. I can't think of anybody that's as good defensively as him, which I think he is, and I think he's improving all the time. I think he's matured in a physical sense over the last year, especially. Um, you know, he, he makes his debut, I think, at Old Trafford and does quite well. And, and you just watch what he, the way he plays the game, passing, he tackles, he passes, he runs, crosses, shoots, he does everything. He's 25 yards from goal centrally for Liverpool's second goal on Saturday. 25 yards from goal centrally, right? About six seconds after the centre-back that plays, you know, two positions over, is kicking the ball from 70 yards from the goal. It's it's just, I think he's a generational talent and I think, I think he'll stay at Liverpool for the rest of his career. I hope he does. And when he finishes, I think he will go down as one of the best players that's ever played for Liverpool Football Club never mind right back I think he will go down as one of the best that's ever played for Liverpool Football Club but I want to see what you think Shane Davin what do you reckon yeah listen Gav was talking there about him and he's kind of taking all the words out of my mouth that I wanted to say do you know what I mean he, like he's like Gav said I, I actually he, he did make his debut at Old Trafford and I think he was wouldn't say he was poor for one of the goals, but he did a tough time. I think Rashford might have torn him uh, for one of the goals. Um, so he's he's had some adversity. I actually on Saturday, I actually didn't think he started the game great with the ball, but then come like as the game wore on and come 70, 80 minutes, I'm kind of sitting there going, Jesus, Trent's been fucking brilliant. And that was even with me sitting there saying after four or ten minutes, whatever, it was just Trent's Trent's been a little bit sloppy. Uh, today, but yeah, look at listen. It's it's the range of passing. It really is. Gav is right. Like the, the position he's in to flick that little ball around the corner uh, to Mane, he's spot on. He's right full. Like he's a, he's our right back. He's twenty five yards from goal, slipping a ball through after a, bo- uh, a long burst and run to go up with Elliot uh, to take the ball off. And but it's 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 his passing range. And like what Gav said, the the academy like they they saw. Uh, right back could be a position that uh, uh, that had a need in the first team. And I think in the I bet read a bit of an article, they put my right full and they used to put their best wingers out there on the left and just say, go with Trent, go with Trent, go with Trent, over and over and over, day after day after day after day, the best wingers that they had um, in the academy to, to toughen them up and to get them used to playing there. So, listen, it's... But for me, he's absolutely a generational talent, and I don't think there's a right back in world football that can that can pass a ball like him. Like even I think one of the more underrated goals that doesn't get talked about is I'm nearly sure it was in the league because I know we played them in the Champions League around that time. But at the end, he had the one that Robbo puts on a play for for me now header, and Trent comes back inside and hits a fucking sixty yard ball with his left peg, zinged straight to Robbo. Ball goes across to Firmino, header in. After us keeping the ball, by the way, for about fucking 15, 20 passes. So it's a really underrated goal. But yeah, look, you're not going to get any arguments from me. Absolutely uh, unbelievable generational talent. And like Gav said, he's an absolute unit now. You see him running there, he's a fucking unit. Um, Pete, 
Um, what do you want to say? I disagree with me. Make a statement. You know, Make a statement. No, 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 no. There's there's two things really. No, two things for me. You know, you look at you look at anyone that has a half decent game at right back for any 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 opposition clubs. Immediate the immediate comparison is uh, come outside. I think the the phrase come outside was was coined for Trent Alexander Arnold and whatever pretend. I mean, I mean, I look at for example. Last season, Manchester United supporters trying to compare Juan Bissaka. I have the same problem with players like Juan Bissaka as I did with Javier Mascherano. If you spend so much time on your arse in a tackle, a lot of people, foolish people out there, think that's the sign of a great player. That's actually, in my opinion, the sign of an overrated or poor player who, you know, whose first touch is mule enough or his position is mule enough that he has to end up in last ditch tackles. You don't see that with Trent. Alexander Arnold, you know, and on the positive side, you know, I've never seen a team geared towards getting its fullbacks on the ball as much as Liverpool are. I mean, the idea is to get Trent and Robertson on the football 50 and 60 yards up, up the field. I mean, fullbacks are impossible to mark in a conventional 4-4-2 setup. But can you imagine what it's trying to what it's like trying to pick them up? You have to sacrifice your wide players. And they have to be prepared to go into very, very strange positions to try and stop Liverpool the way they play. It's I've never seen that. I remember years ago watching Brazil in 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 uh, I think it was then two thousand and two World Cup, the one they won, and being in awe when they played that strange at the time three five two or five three two. And I remember looking at Cafu, you know, doing things that you hadn't you hadn't probably seen a fullback do since Carlos Alberto, but Trent for me, represents what football has become and is becoming. You mentioned earlier on the obsession with midfield, get him into midfield. By all intents and purposes, he is playing midfield. You know, this is not a fullback we're looking at. And neither is Robertson. <laughs> you know, a very, very complete, very, very complete, yeah, you know, football player, whatever. For me, it's it's situational. Whatever, Wherever the ball is or whatever, whatever we're attacking or defending or whatever shape we have to have for whatever situation, that's where he is. And it's always it's all always geared towards getting him high up the park, Robertson high up the park, getting that switch from one to the other, usually from Robertson to him, to get him on the ball to make sure he's the one to find the ball. Just the umpire is an absolute phenomenon. Phenomenal. Red Steve, Red Steve is clearly a long time listener. If mm-hmm. he's referring to yeah. John Glenson, um, yeah. somebody who I brought to the masses, uh, the the worst rifle we've had in in about twenty odd years. Um, we're talking about a guy who is different and i think what's best about trent is the fact that the the spanners who run the english national team having a breeze where to play him generally when liverpool has had one of the best players if not the best player in an english england squad he never gets a game so i'm thinking of mac manaman i'm thinking of johnny barnes right um trent is in this line because he doesn't he doesn't fit the preset mold which is the sam allardyce warehouse of football and coaching where the right back sits in and blocks things and blocks crosses and plays the ball to the right winger who likes to put to, to kick the ball into the box right and um, he's not that because he's both of that he's both the right winger and the right full he's both your main attack and threat as well as your as as well as a strong defensive attack minded fullback, and they can't get their head around this. They can't get the they can't understand how a right back can operate as the fulcrum from a, for a team's attacking unit. They haven't figured out that people on the continent have been using fullbacks to spread the width in teams, but also to deliver 
that sort of width that you need if you want to be an attack 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 minded football team. Think of Zanetti when he played for Argentina, right? Mm. Like he he used to destroy teams down the right hand side. Think of um you've mentioned Cafu, Danny Alves, Jordi Alba as fullbacks. Mm. They they didn't play as they could defend, but their focus was on what they provided to the team, so as teams couldn't attack them. If you if you're providing such a threat up the other end of the pitch that teams can't exploit the space because they know that if a ball is played out to him, he's going to pull it apart because the, he has the passing ability and the ability to tread a ball in the same manner as an attack midfielder. You're bandaxed. And that's what's happened. If you look at the way Chelsea have tried to address it, I've seen somebody mention Reese James and they've mentioned um Yeah, and they've mentioned somebody else. Mounty Mountain or one of these lads um, who's playing for United the second now wasn't him they mentioned somebody else Trippier is 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 your classic English rifle I understand the Trippier obsession he's your classic he's the Leeds lad he's he's perfect he's perfect for an English football team right he's perfect he plays right back he's a right back right he plays right back the way a right back should play right but he's not what Trent is and that's why it's fantastic to see him Emerge the way he has, and this what, is what I he's hope, Phil. Yeah, yeah, and and th- this is it, Gav, and this is where I hope what happened with Gerard doesn't happen to Trent, in that this pull and it potentially doesn't with Klopp, right? This pull to drag him into some idea that he's a centre midfielder when quite clearly I don't care what he did as an eighteen and nineteen and sixteen and a fifteen. I don't care what he did, right? There's fellas who Mignolet played as a centre midfielder until he was sixteen. He should have stayed there, in my opinion. But like that's what <laughs> he ends up playing a professional goalkeeper, right? Like it doesn't matter what you do. It matters what happens when you come into it. And what's happened with Klopp and with in terms of how he got this player in, he says, I need my fullbacks to be an attack and fulcrums in terms of what's there. And he's, he identified Trent as the guy who has that skill set. And he is. He's perfect. You can't, you can't have a better fullback in this type of setup. You can't have a better attack and fulcrum the way Klopp likes to play as he does. He has the ability to play at the edge of his own box and split a defence from the edge of his own full box to across the pitch to, to a manic. He can get up the pitch with the engine that he has and deliver decent crosses. And he can also cut inside, provide a threat from shots, but also be able to play simple and intelligent balls through. And teams can't pick him up. And the idea with this, I think people need to get away from this, is, and it's not just him. This whole team is set up not to be a rigid formation. This idea of four fucking three three and four one three FT fucking FYZ, right? There isn't. These lads play in roughly general positions and fill in in different spots. And you can see how the team moves as different things happen to prevent transitions and prevent breakdowns. And people need to look beyond the simplified drawings that people put up on social media and yeah, left, but, right, but, and centre. But, but he's, uh, sorry, Michael Lee has a super chat. He said that um, there's times where he struggles um, when he's being run at and got, gets caught out. Do you think he can improve this? He absolutely can. And I think a united away. He gets done. You remember a flick on from it might have been Lukaku actually. Um, it's fourteen years ago. Yeah, but he's, it's a flick on. I think Rashford gets inside him. It's a cover thing. But you, I haven't seen him being caught like that again. You know, he learns. But I think he's a victim of of um, non bravery, I suppose, from Gareth Southgate. Because the only time I ever see an argument over why Trent is in the England team is because oh, can he defend? Which is a fucking myth. Okay, um, Reese James is a really good footballer, really good footballer, but he doesn't give you. I think I think Trent does as much You're as Reece goal James. Course. No, well, I think I think Reese James. Name. Lee Jen. I, I think Reese James does. Um, Reece Jen does, does a good 
job, but I don't think he has that extra bit that Trent has. Trippier, like you said, is a classic right back. He's a Gary Neville type right back. And he only he's only being elevated, I think, because he took, he took a free kick in the World Cup once. Do you know what I mean? Um and and there's others there. Wambasaka is just an all out defender. You know, if you're if you're like back to the wall, I think he's a good defender. But again, he gets caught on the cover loads of times. The Man United fans will tell you that. But when you look at Trent and you've mentioned Danny Alves and Roberto Carlos, when you look at the players the, the teams they played in it wasn't all about pace up front. It was about Zidane picking pockets. It's about Messi picking pockets, Iniesta, Xavi. All these players picking pockets. And your outlet and pace behind was your fullback. All right? Trent can do that. But in the teams that he plays in now, Salah. Salah wants Trent to be able to look and go, there's a space and I'm hitting him with it. All right? Salah loves that. Can You, you can't tell me that Raheem Sterling, Harry Kane or Sancho or whoever aren't looking going get him in the fucking team because he'll put the ball on Harry Kane's head nine times out of ten and he'll put balls in behind that will kill teams for your forwards and you know and even even if you said oh well does he need protection he played the other day with an 18 year old in front of him and there wasn't an issue about protection he suits any sort of game and it's and people don't believe that because oh well if England are under, under the cosh can Trent defend give it over you know what I mean? It's, well, yeah. it's actually it's, mad. If you, if you want to play with all-out pace wide, he's great. If you want to play with people that pick pockets and you want balls into them, he's great. There's no argument against Trent Alexander-Arnold. And that's why I brought this up tonight because I think he's still undervalued by some. And I think people are going to... They won't eat their words because they die on these hills all the time. But mm. I think a lot of people will have to eat their words, um, if not now, um, very soon. And most definitely when he finishes his career. Well, there seems to be a, the the chess seems to be kind of going from a, an England point of view with it, right? And that's I, I, I don't mind that at all. Like if you if you think to the Euros, right? England get to the final, they lose they lose a penalty shootout, right? Italy. Now, Italy's uh, game against Spain, the semi final for the first half or first half an hour of that game, Spain um, or the, however long to the Marat to come on, Spain didn't play it was centre forward, and the two boys Italy back forward were all over the place. Their heads were spinning because the two boys had nobody to mark. Right then, because that's what they want. And Luke Buffield said the rigid Englandness, little Englandness coming in that play a rigid uh, system that don't want like that don't want uh, movement. Well, they do want movement, but is it fair, like they don't know where to play Trent? Now, can you imagine the Italian team or whatever seeing an England rifle to picking the ball up, making a run twenty five yards from goal, flicking balls around the corner? Like they, 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 like they, they're not used to that. They don't want to see that. They want two lads up against them. They want, they don't want runners. They want everything in front of them. And it just, it like you said, Gav, lack of bravery. They don't know what to do with them. And there's just a small thing like Spain. Spain possibly could have knocked Italy out if they had to take that chances early in that game because Italy were all over the place. England get to the final, goes the penalties. If Trent is there, he would not listen. He probably wouldn't have played them anyway. But who knows? Do you know what I mean? He's a, he's a super footballer. Davo, one on, on that though, think about it. when we were looking at the European Championships and, and laughing at the the what was going on. The fella that was up to be Italy's best player was their fullback that was providing the attacking yeah. threat for that whole Italian side. Yeah, people are English people in particular are obsessed with the idea of putting your best player in the centre centre the midfield. Do you remember Beckham? He couldn't, the fella couldn't run forward or backwards, right? He was, Beckham was incredibly good at being wide out on the wing and whipping these brilliant balls in and taking set pieces, right? And they were obsessed with getting him into the centre midfield as well. Gerard, 
his best position was behind a striker, almost as a, a as a number ten, an all action number ten, where he wasn't being asked to pick up runners behind him or do mad things. It was basically just cause mayhem. When we get the ball, mm-hmm. give him the ball. You go cause the mayhem. You put the balls through to, to, to Torres, you ping ones in the top corner, you can get yourself wide and ping another one into the box. Cause mayhem. What was the obsession? Get him into centre midfield. Everything yeah. is to get him into centre midfield. If they had a decent goalkeeper, they'd be looking to get him out of goal and get him into the centre midfield because he can kick the ball so long. So like, you in the middle of the... Yeah, it's, 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 David Seaman, get him in midfield. You know about that, Shane. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, 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 get him in midfield. Get, everything is get him in midfield. Get them in midfield. Harry Kane, get him in midfield. See what he can do. Get at this yes. stage, they'll, be, they'll have 11 midfielders. They literally just have lads standing in the center circle and nothing else around the side of the pitch. Get him in midfield because he can do what he wants. Honestly, it, it's, it's bizarre. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. Can I answer that? That's on screen from Veranda Cheese um, and he's yeah. doing that to wind me up. I know he is, so I'll read it anyway. Um, Gav, you laughed at Avi when he said Ox would be a good cover for Trent when realistically Ox would be the perfect cover as he would probably do the attacking part just as good as Trent. That's utter bollocks. All right. Um, because Oxley chamberlain is not hitting the passes. All right. Um, he won't be on the pitch because he doesn't have the fitness anyway. All right. Um, but he won't be hitting the passes he hits. He won't be hitting the crosses he hits. He won't be hitting the free kicks he hits. He's nothing like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Nothing like him. And God forgive me, the day that Oxlade-Chamberlain turns in, out, I am in a force level as a Liverpool right-back. We're all in serious, no, serious trouble. Not going to happen. Oh, when, Stevie G when Stevie G comes in and takes over as manager after Klopp and sticks Trent in centre midfield and it's an absolute disaster, then everyone can get to see what happens when you stick a right-back into the centre midfield. Right, That's just what's going to happen. So it's just like, yeah. forget about it. Forget about it. But from from our I think, point of I think view, that came from Gav. That came from towards the end of his time at Arsenal. Oxley Chamberlain, you know, in fairness, was pulling up trees at right back. But he, I think he was in the shop window at that stage. But at, but he wasn't right back. Well, it was kind of right wing back. He was right wing. He was right wing back with a back four behind him because the left no, wing no, back was an, the left wing back was a left back uh, Monreal. Here's a quick one for you, right? And uh, just to, to close it out, because he is—he's a generational player for us, regardless of whether he's playing right back or right back. Don't play him anywhere else. Um, but you're not away. Uh, your man that plays for that used to play for Real Madrid. What was his name? Uh, Ramos. You remember he yeah. started out as a right back and moved into being yeah. a centre back. Yeah. And Maldini played as a full back and he then moved back. into he's being a, a centre back, right? And he was a great right back as well. And is there a chance now, Ox? Look, you think of Carragher started what, out as right back, back, moved in at centre back. What about sticking in Trent as being an old fashioned, um, the Kaiser in there being Maybe a libero, playing behind, uh, playing behind a back <laughs> tree and just picking the ball and pinging passes all over the shop? He could do, but you never know. <laughs> the way he's going, put him in midfield. No, the way he's <laughs> the way he's going, the way he's he going. Could be, he could, he could be the one in front of the far behind the tree. The he could be, he could be. You laugh, but he, I think he, you could end up with him. You could end up with him near the end of his career, actually moving into the defensive midfielder. Look, yeah, there's a real ability to do with Gerrard, but in the opposite there. direction. Exactly, the, the shades are real in there. The shades of Glen. Um, uh, Glenn Hoddle in there, he has a little bit of everything. You know, that wand he has. He could stand still and still be great. It's just one of them. There we go. Right. Um, given given we've had a lot of little Englander chats, um, I suppose it's a nice way to move on to our next topic. It's not little is... Englander, though. It's just Gareth Southgate. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Gareth Southgate. 
You know what I mean? It's not though. Yeah, I've seen the chats right. there. There's some lad called Paul Smith there banging on about a right back needs to defend for us, right? There's there's fellas making the. Uh, where do you look, know where Paul not, Smith's from? I don't. Who cares? It's He's I'm doing what Pete did with Barry Glendening on on online, which was all right. Okay, made, yeah. <laughs> okay, we won't go which there. Which are the cues <laughs> are being British? Right, yeah, <laughs> these from Longford. Um, anyway, right. Um, just on that, since since we're in the Little England against the World Shot, Shane. Let's move into your topic. It's Klopp versus Sean Dyke. It's it's like the longest running feud um, alongside Hulk Hogan and somebody else. And it's like it just seems to be this weird sort of sidebar that goes on whenever we play Burnley. That there seems to be a row between Klopp and Sean Dyche. So it's um, go on, take us away is, there. Well, look at that. That was my uh, topic, and then the Gav and the boys did do a bit in the last night. So I was on the Gav today. So we kind of expanded it to Klopp and the media, but oh, Dyche is involved in it. Dyche isn't involved in it. Um, I'm just kind of thinking there's been a bit floating around today, different accounts, different journalists or whatever. Kind of Klopp is moaning this and that, and I'm kind of sitting there thinking to myself, is he moaning? Or is he right? And the fact of the matter is he is right in what he's saying, but he seems to be the one to come out and go to bat first for everybody else. And he's he he uh, fronts up front and centre. Do you know that kind of way? He's the one kind of, with the Des Kelly stuff, I think he actually defended United and Solskjaer that they had to come back early from wherever the fuck, to, somewhere in Europe, in the Europa League, Kazakhstan or something, and play against Everton on a half 12. And that's when, 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 when that came. But Klopp was on about... Um, kind of say the physical tactics with Burnley the weekend I don't mind the physical side of the game but then with the likes of Jermaine Jennings a match of the day saying he didn't know what Klopp was talking about like he's on Twitter today with people pointing out the fouls to him your man Goodmanson picked up fucking Jota and fucking suplexed him uh, Harvey Elliott got some some uh, rough treatment your man Ashley Barnes looked like I don't even know what he was trying to do he jumped in the air with two feet it's like he was trying to grab uh, grab Matt up, like a WWE move. So, listen, I don't mind the, the physical side of the game at all. But what I do mind is when they start fucking pissing the mountain about it if someone, if someone brings it up. It's the same with, the, like, it's the same. You had Burnley the weekend, you had Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood. I don't mind a big fella putting his weight around uh, Lukaku, Drogba, and like that. But I tell you what that really gets under me fucking skin is when that big fella gets hit and he's rolling around the ground and he's on the ground and he's screaming at the referee, whinging and, and moaning. Like we did, like I said, there was a there was a statement today then I read from Key Hackett, right? Who was the former head of the referees in England now, basically saying that Klopp was moaning, trying to influence the referee for the upcoming game the weekend against Chelsea. But Ali Salzgar had reason to be uh, reason to have beef over the Southampton goal that um, that Fernandez was fouled in the build up. Like, it's, like it seems to be he's an easy target for the media because he comes out and fronts up. I feel he's an easy target, and that fucking bald gravelly and fucker Deutsch, like <laughs> like honestly, Jay's I I, 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 listen, I watched his interview after the game, and he was on about physicality in the game. But he says we want physicality game. We don't. We want to let the game flow as well. But we don't want too many soft rays. And then he says, but there was plenty of soft ones out there yesterday. And you can be sure the shit smells. He's not talking about Burnley. Yeah, man. Goodmanson got shoulder to shoulder, um, checked by Trent. He goes down holding his head, holding his face. Sean Dyche is looking for a penalty for a shoulder to shoulder charge, and your yeah, man just drops in the ground. McNeil never a penalty in a million years. 
So listen, I was just putting it out there to you. Is, is Klopp moaning? Is, why is he is is he getting it off the media because he's fronting up force and he's not afraid to go to back um, over protecting the players? He obviously had a, he had another goal. He also brought up today about the South American lads about the extra World Cup qualifying game that the boys will be playing on the tours. They know he, and, have, and then Liverpool play whoever on the Saturday or the Sunday, and and the, and FIFA have said that they they have to release them. So. Listen, what do you think? I personally think he's right, but he's probably an easy target. Right, Gav, I'm going to go to you first, and I think I'm going to frame this a wee bit, right? If we go away from the Deutsch thing for a second, because we can come back to that in a few minutes in terms of the the the, the, the shite that goes on all the time. Yeah. But taking Shane's bit, is there a bit of this that goes back to last year when... The media clearly targeted Klopp because they felt that he was he was cracking up, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the whole Des Kelly thing was 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 there in front of them as well. And it echoes a bit what happened in Germany in that Klopp was the darling child of the media for a long time. It yeah. happened with Mourinho in England. He was the darling child of the media for a long time. And when things stopped being this happy, flowery, laughy, smiley thing and he gets serious and he puts across a viewpoint... They don't like it, and it gives them an opportunity to snap at him because he's been so successful with the club up until that point. Yeah, it definitely goes back to last year because if you look when Klopp comes in, you know, the whole doubters, the believers, the normal one, all this sort of stuff, everyone loved him. They loved the way he carried on um, on the side of the pitch, his emotion, and everything was smooth sailing. You know, even when they go 18, 19, and they come second, um, they win the Champions League, and everyone everyone is delighted for Jurgen Klopp. Des Kelly's on the pitch that night, by the way, um, when mm. he wins the Champions League. All right, And he's on the fucking pitch um, when they beat Barcelona as well. He's a little prick, by the way. But... <coughs> um, it definitely comes in from last. Sells I, I, carpets, I, I can't. Yeah, he sells great carpets, but I can't stand them. Um, oh, <clears throat> I can't stand them because I'm, I'm I'm sick of fucking pundits that aren't pundits anymore, and, and interviewers that aren't interviewers. They're just saying stuff that they're not. Interviewers are meant to say stuff and to get an answer, not 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 fuel it for a reaction before a word comes out of the manager's mouth. But that's another another day's conversation. It definitely goes from last season. All right, and. <laughs> That was right. He actually does. He backs up Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in a in a um, in an interview about because Solskjaer, I think, the day before, plays an early game at Goodison and basically says what Klopp says, and nobody opens their mouth. But he's right. And then Klopp comes out and basically says the same thing, and all of a sudden Jurgen Klopp is cracking up. Now they went quiet when they realised that his mother had passed away, and all this was going on at the same time when they were trying to hound him. But what he's pointing out the other day is, and and Davo has a point. You know, he's pointing out the very obvious. He's not making stuff up. He's not He's not being trivial about it. He's pointing out very obvious things. And if, if when you watch that game at the weekend, I have no problem with physicality in the game. I think there wasn't enough of it last season. It was It was very any-touch. Players were going down and getting penalties, frees, wherever it might be. But w- there was instances in that game on Saturday where Klopp specifically points them out, all right? There's one on Harvey Elliott that could have done serious damage in the second half. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Andrew Mooney's comment I hate Des Kelly and Mattress <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't see that um, but um, there's one in Harvey Elliott in the second half where he could have done him serious damage yeah. um, yeah. he lunges no at the man lunges um, I can't remember the guy's name in midfield but he lunges at Harvey Elliott and takes him out and could have done him serious yeah. damage Right, Jota is literally picked up and flung right um, 
in a nothing challenge, he just picks him up and flings him. And then Jota's in the box, and your man takes a runner him from about 15 yards away and just jumps straight into the back of him when Jota's looking for a pass. That's what Klopp is talking about. They're the instances Klopp is talking about. And for the likes of Jermaine Jennings to say, I've watched the game and I don't see really see where Jurgen Klopp is coming from. Now, I'm hoping to fuck that Jermaine Jennings hasn't watched the game and he's just lying to you. Because if he has watched the fucking game and he's telling you that he didn't see anything he's in that the, game the where there's an issue, the there, there's serious issues there. And that's where the, the pundit stuff wrecks my fucking head. But I don't mind Sean Deutsch. Like Sean, he said it and, and, and even Jamie said it. They're trying to do something to level a playing field, and I have no issue with that. You know, going down easy, trying to get free is fine. Being physical, fine. But don't don't do that sort of stuff. And then for the manager to turn around and say, what's he talking about? And and then pundits to turn around and say, what's he talking about? I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. If, if a Liverpool player dived in on Harvey Elliott the way he was dived in on the other day, or bundled straight into the back of someone, like it was done the other day, to be absolute mortar. And I and I would say a Manchester United player or a Chelsea player, there'd be loads made of it. You know, and and that's terrible what's being done. Klopp is pointing out obvious things. He's pointing in facts. Okay. This sound a bit like um Rafa Benitez that time. But he's pointing out in facts. And people just keep going on as if he's seeing things. <laughs> and he's not. Um but I think Klopp after what happened last season, I think we'll be very, very, very wary of the media from here on in because I think they do that bit with him and I, I don't think he'll forget. Uh, listen, Pete, I'll let you in now, but like for me, you know, there's hard and then there's cowardly and scummy, right? Um, the challenge on Elliot is scummy. It's an attempted attack at, at his ankles. It's not an attempted attempt at winning the ball. Um and the only thing that, that that disappoints me a bit is I wish we had some we had some little nasty fuckers in our team. I wish like Simicas had a bit of fight about him, but like I'd love somebody to go in and breaking one of those Barney players up and see how Dyke likes his his, his tactics. Then, like Rebel. people talk yeah. about Borley and you know they have a small budget and stuff like that, but there's there's massive issues with Borley. They're a horrible team. They may as well be sponsored by some mad right wing political group right because it's just it's just a horrible horrible and I, the sooner they get relegated out of the, the top flight the better in fact you could probably re- relegate 10 p- teams out of the top flight and get rid of most of the pundits because they'd have no jobs they'd have no relevance to to what's going on with football look at Jenis what was he he was he was a wafer he was basically a human wafer if he got wet he fell apart, right? Like he was, he wasn't even, you know, with ginger nuts, when you dunk a ginger nut and tea, it takes forever for them to break off, right? He was the equivalent of taking one of those wafers that you make an ice cream out of and dipping that in tea and it just fall apart immediately. The fella has had no rigidity to him at all. Morphe, seeing that some, there's people retweeting these, but people give air to these things. It's all about clickbait. Everything, there's no such thing as media anymore. There's no such no, thing as really, news. Really. Everything is just clickbait. So the problem yeah. that Klopp has is that he's still treating it like he's used to thinking that people care about stories and care about the opinions and care about having interest in what somebody has in reality to say. But all they want is a soundboy. They want a 20-second soundboy to try to throw on, on Sly Sports News, to throw on the on the front of of, 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 a, of a cover for the next game coming up, you know, mm. just to throw on there. It's not about mm. what happened, what's saying. Think mm. about all the news headlines that come out from a press conference where Klopp says, you know, I'm happy with uh, the squad and it'll take something special to come in. Um, not say it won't happen. What is All you get is Klopp says no signings. That's what yeah, you hear, exactly. right? And then, exactly. then you hear, I'm happy with the squad. Klopp says no signings, yeah. happy with squad. 
right? That's that's Same. that's that's all you get. People don't listen to what's going on. There's no reporting. There's no real journalism anymore. There's no journalism in the world in, in the majority of things. They're all just um, mouthpieces for somebody who wants mm. to say whatever they want. So when I think about crap against the media, I would have loved to see. I, I, I'm, I'm getting to the point where let's have these celebrity fights. You know, what's those fellas, bogey bogeys, the lads who are uh, who are pretendly boxies that are at the moment? What's the thing, Logan Bear or whatever his name is? They, they, just to oh. make you up lads who think they're hard shots and they're getting in and, and one fought against Floyd Mayweather there and, and Mayweather was yeah. running out with his arm toy behind his back it. and he's just doing this like this yeah. such a man and, and, and he thought he did well by not getting knocked out right, let's let's just have these fights at Christmas time instead of having if, if, like fixtures across Christmas let's have c- celebrity manager fights between the different managers and, and just have a have a scrap have a scrap for a couple of weeks instead of fo- football and we could have them on prime time and they could say whatever they want I'd love mm-hmm. to see Dyke against um Clap. Yeah, see, don't see against Clap in 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 a ring or a, 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 a UFC. They'll go. I know how it's bad because Clap's got his eyes done now, so he'd be much better. Like he could go straight. He go straight for the ginger beard and Dyke, and then grab his hair and, and all that type. Give him now a knuckle duster across the top of his head and and, and twist him up. Like I just nah, I, I can't be having it. Yeah. Pete, say something. Say something the about the media. I, honest, I can't wait to see where you go with this. In it, no, no, I'm not going anywhere with Bournley, to be honest with you. I'm not going to talk about what I, I've been to Bournley. I've been to watch a few games up there. It wasn't a pleasant experience. But what I will say is the British media, they love an underdog. Uh, and they love, as Gav made the point earlier on when Klopp came over, you know, they love this plucky attitude because, let's face it, nobody really expected them to be successful because who was this, you know, bloody German for, uh, for, um, foreigner who had... Uh, aspirations. He did a kind of okay with Dortmund, but Bayern Munich put him in his place. In the end, he was nearly relegated with Dortmund. Dortmund, well, finished fourteenth, I think, with them. So he's going to come over. He's going to be everybody's pal, but he's going to do nothing, you know. So and then as soon as he did something, sometimes the narrative changes. You know, he's he's uh, all of a sudden he needs to be put in his place. So what better than to allow someone like Sean Dyche or Sam Allardyce or one of the true Brits? You know, to send eight or nine of his lads numbered one to eleven, as was noted on on Saturday. Because oh, they loved it. That loved was that was like that would be that would be feeding them all season. Everybody, everybody loves to talk about the good old days, even though the good old days were very very dark. But anyway, I mean, we we then we witnessed ninety minutes of uh, of tackles. You know, <laughs> if you want to talk them, fellas going through fellas, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's yeah. If you if you if you can't take the good old British. Uh, style of football well then you can't take it so kind of bore off to the next thing and then you go and watch match of the day or whatever if you haven't watched it live and you expect people to have watched the game uh, you know one minute to 96 minutes and of course they haven't and I think match of the day itself as an institution is crumbling to its knees if it hasn't before because it has been exposed and it was written in the Guardian the next day that you know perhaps it's time to bin this off and why because the guy's are clearly not paying attention to what's going on in the pitch. It's exactly as you said, Phil, then a little bit later on. Nobody's interested in talking about what happened. They're interested, a bit like talk sport, people like that. They're interested in who's watching us talk about this and what kind of reaction can we get immediately, uh, regardless of what we say. Nobody has, everybody's opinion comes at a price. I mean, there's, there's guys out there who, I won't name them, but there's guys who are just saying things just for reaction. I mean, uh, I call me naive, but I, I I prefer to actually even be wrong, you know, 
wrong and wrong again, but to have an opinion, not for somebody to feed your opinion in your ear, because maybe 80,000 people from Bognor Regis will ring in outraged at what you've just said. And it's just not a reflection. I mean, what's been, what was said in the media, in the, in the immediate aftermath of the game, bear, bear, bear no relevance to what happened in the game. I mean, I'm not, I don't care if we won the game, but we could have easily had three or four. I think the agenda is if Klopp goes on and moans about injuries, the media know that they've got them because they're going to say, oh, yeah, that was the excuse last year, your injuries. So they know okay. you're kind of snookered, you know? But Pete, is there not like a dichotomy happening here between some fans that, like, in the majority, younger fans don't pay attention to punditry, don't watch post match analysis because the post match analysis is melodic. Phil, because and younger, younger people are on social media. And, and, they're, they're, the and the, it doesn't matter if they watch pundits, it, it's on the timeline. And it, yeah. there's more of an impact on the timeline than it is sitting in the gaff watching on the telly. Because when they're sitting in the gaff watching on the telly, they're probably on their phone. You know what I mean? While they're watching. Whereas when it comes up on their phone, they're like, oh, what did Andy Goldstein say today? Or what did yeah. such and such say today? And and listen, it's awful, it's awful a bit of a tangent about pundits and all. And it's another day's conversation. No, no, but no, yeah. I, just, I just think that, I just think that Klopp, there's a line being crossed now with Klopp on the media. For me, yeah. and I, I think it's got to the stage now where, regardless of what he says, they're going to spin it. And even if he points out hard facts, they're going to spin it. And even by pointing out hard facts, they're going to go, "Oh, look at him going off and and getting the hard facts." It means that yeah. he's annoyed. You know, sort of way. So he can't win yeah. now. And I, I think, I think Klopp will be. I think a line's being crossed. I think you'll see Klopp not be cold with them, but I think he'd be a lot more straight Shane. out line with them now. As it's your topic, I want to come back. The reason why Ferguson got so much respect in the end was because he basically told the BBC to fuck off, right? Mm. He basically said, I'm not doing any interviews for you. I'll do the minimum I have to do at press conferences um, and kicked people out of press conferences when he didn't want them there. Banned them from right? all travel. Mm. Yeah, mm. right. Should, and I'm not saying, because I don't think it's in his personality. I don't think he's like that at all, right? But I'd love to see Klopp do that. I'd love to see him start taking that type of line. Refuse to do interviews. Send out uh, Mighty Red to do the post-match interview with Des Kelly instead, right? And just say, no, fuck yous. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if you're going to treat me like some type of clown, I'll give you I'll give you a circus. I think... I'm sure you Yeah, but do you know what? I, I, think he's, I think he's cleverer than that. I think mm-hmm. he knows... I think he knows that like that just will amplify things even more. I think Gav is right. I think... I think you might even say be be cold with the media. I think like I, I think last year born. I think like the Des Kelly stuff. He was obviously having a bad time personally with um, what happened with his mother and stuff like that. But I, I think I think he's too I think he's too cute Phil, to start banning journalists and sending people in there's out and everything like that because he knows it'll just amplify everything. And he kind of wants to deflect. I think well he wants to take it on himself rather than start deflecting it onto the, the whole club and the players and how things because it like like what what you all have said there. Like it's all sound bites, it's just it's media spin, it's uh Klopp's not doing the interviews, what's going on? It'd be on fucking Sky Sports News every day for a fucking fortnight. When, like, when they decide yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, when, when they decide that <laughs> when they decide that they want to annoy you, there's no way you can get around it. Because mm. no matter what you say, they will find a way of saying, Oh look, he's doing that because and he's doing that because, and yeah, he might have four or five actual video footage of something that's happened in the game to prove his point. 
why did he go and look for the video footage? Look at him. He's going and looking for video footage. You know, we're affecting him that much that he's going and doing this. So it, 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 there's a tipping point. And when they decide that they're going to annoy you and spin everything, they're going to do it. And nobody can stop them. And I think that I think they're very, very close to that stage with Jurgen Klopp. And he's a clever man. You know, he will get more more generic as he goes along with his answers. And he won't be he won't like it. And somebody said in the chat there, just give generic answers and put the rest of your message out across club social media. And I think you're starting to see that. You know, I really do. I think you're starting to see that already. And um, I'm all for it because I I don't even know but how you, he interacts with them. I know it's yeah, contractual. The, the only thing I'll say is, and it reminds me a lot of Wenger, the longer you are in England, the less respect the media appears to have for for the, for a manager, right? Um, look at Wenger, first 10 years of his tenure when he's winning stuff for Arsenal, they are more or less hanging on every word. As soon as they start to go wrong, they're like piranhas. They basically are like piranhas, and if they think there's, if they smell the blood in the water, they're going to attack the corpse and see what they can get out of it, right? Because they love chasing anyone out of the job. They love it. They absolutely love chasing somebody out of well, the job. Anyone, the pressure. Anyone, not, anyone not British or English, to be honest with you. It's not even that, Pete. Yeah, it's not even that. No, well, because they turned on... They, they turned on, they turned on Lampard. Their side of the table. Do you know what I mean? Pete, hang on, Pete. Hang on, Pete. Go on. They, talk, they they they'll deal with anybody. It doesn't matter. Mm. You know, they they like they lynched Sam Allardyce. Now I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, mm. but they lynched him. You know yeah, what I mean? Point of and then and then the only people kind of defending No, this is what I'm saying. You were saying if it's not English. You know what I mean? I'm I'm giving you English people. Um Yeah, but then they bring but, Sam to their side of the table to do the job with them. Do you know what I mean? I Where's know Sam doing the job with them? And the World Cups because they need they're right, they're actually spot on their pitch, yeah. Yeah, but, but they'll bring they'll bring the English managers over to their side. But are you telling me? Are you telling me? Are you telling me if they yeah. ran Jurgen Klopp? Man, by the way, who negotiated with with uh, with Middle Eastern owners as a prank? To, you know, he did the ultimate dirty something that hadn't been done since Don Revy did so, it in the nineteen seventies. So, so hang on a second, hang on a second. How is it that dirty when you've got Pep Guardiola, who's meant to be the best coach in the world, working for real Middle Eastern guys with, with human rights violations? You have lads in 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 PSG making up FFP rules and telling the rest of the teams what they can and can't do. There's not Allardyce didn't do anything really that dirty when you consider yeah, the reality of what's going on at the top at the top to table of, of football. He was to leave so, England to do it. Like, I know, but like, but Pete, I'm, 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 I'm with Gav here. They, you know, it does when they send blood, they go for it, and it and, doesn't and matter. The, and the, and the funny thing from. is, the funny thing is, right? We say for argument's sake, match of the day, decide that. Um, no, say BT because BT, I think, would have been the worst at it, right? BT decided, right, Klopp, we're just going to hammer him, regardless of what he does, and mm-hmm. every little thing he does, we're going to spin it. Are you telling me, right, that if they ran? Jurgen Klopp out of Liverpool, right? In in a in a or a part of it. Are you telling me that he wouldn't try to get Jurgen Klopp across to their side of the table if a European Championships Cup and you or a World Cup and BC Absolutely. had it? Yeah, Absolutely, the they would. Stuff, so the it's nothing. It's it's not it's 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 actually nothing to do with who they are, where they're from, or what part side of the table they're on. It's to do with and somebody says it there. They love to just build them up to shoot them down, mm-hmm. right? Them down, and that's yeah. exactly what it is. They've ran well, out of love for Klopp, and do you know why they ran out of love from because he went he and he done what they yeah, he thought did, yeah. he would never fucking do. Yeah, right, and take a toil back to Liverpool. That, that's what that's what I said. It's it's shiny new thing. He comes in with his nice smile and his baseball caps and his yellow tracksuit, and shall be great crack watching him fall on his flat in his face on Liverpool. Doing I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's fall flat in his face. I think it's more of a case of 
he's brilliant for the league, but we'll continue to pat him on the head at the same yeah. time. And now they can't pat him on the head. And now it's a case yeah. of where do we go with this fella? Because if we keep loving him, <laughs> the rest of the country are going to say, but look, they won the league. Will you shut the fuck up? And mm-hmm. listen, when Liverpool win the league and they get all the adulation, right? Well, I don't know how much adulation they got. They got a lot, right? Um, not from certain quarters. But when they win the league, right, where do you go with them? The only way is down because th- there's no there's no traction in loving them anymore. Now it's the same with Mourinho. Mourinho was the darling of 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 British football, the darling. And then Absolute. what happened to still him? Is. And still is. he is if he torn back up again, but he will be for yeah. a year, and then they just torn and they go right. What time is it? <laughs> yeah. He's he's sixteen months in now. Uh, the alarm clock goes off. Let's torn on Mourinho because we know we won't do more than two and a half years or any club, and and that's the way it is. It's just. It's one of those. You things. I, I, I think they, I think they've got it's to a tipping point now. A club. Yeah, yeah. Gav, Lads, you, you, you mentioned, you mentioned, you mentioned something earlier, yeah. Gav. You mentioned something earlier, Gav, and saw the field, and it's about uh, putting your interviews out through club social media and all that. Now, I think I, I could be wrong in this. I think Man United are trying to do an awful lot more of that and try and get rid of uh, journalists. Um, not get rid of them, but do an awful lot through. They want to become. They want to become a media company, basically Manchester United. Mm-hmm. They want to put out their own, their media. They don't want anyone else involved putting out their media. And like Phil mentioned earlier, automatically like Piranhas, the press turned and said, "No, you shouldn't be doing that. Who's going to hold the club accountable? Um, if if it's if it's their own uh, social media or if it's their own media company putting it out X, Y, and Z, because they're afraid to be they're afraid to be cut out." Jobs will be gone. They'll be cut out. They, they don't have their say. Like fucking Henry Winter goes on. Like he's a, a professional footballer himself. You know what I mean? He's the he's the he's the fucking superstar, and what he says goes, and fucking blah blah blah. They 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 they've, they've egos bigger than footballers. These journalists, some of them. Two things. Two things. You have a fella who's an average pund at best in Gary Neville who they're decrying as essentially as a, as a social leader while he's also running some type of money scam at a club three le- levels down in, in the English leagues um, chasing the glazers I, I don't know if you can make a statement that he's running a money scam <laughs> oh, sorry well, he, he, he's, he's front ending a team that's having lots of money pushed through them that's like yeah. 15 Enoch, million times Enoch more Crow. than anyone else in, in the league I think yeah. that's a fair thing as a Salford United yeah. they've managed to come up through all the leagues and they have a bigger budget than most of the teams in, in League yeah. 2 or League 1 or whatever it is that's two leagues above them um, and it's being bankrolled by somebody yeah, I don't know who it is but, Peter Lim Peter Lim hmm. Yeah, but but hang on, he's this is this is the imaginary stuff that goes on. But he's been held up as as the um, the bastion of football supporters well, and, and to do right in, in, in what goes on. Incredible. Um, and then 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 you stand up and you look at these people and you say, okay, so people are taking their social narratives of somebody who has a paid interest in working in a media channel. This is why this is like this is why the world is the way it is. There's everyone has a bias. Everyone has a paymaster. Everyone has an agenda to sell. And if you're in the media, you're there to sell hits. Like Gary Neville up, did it. Way, Gary Phil, Neville. He, Gary did, and advocates managers get time and he sack a manager's like it's going old fashioned for Salford. But he'll stand there on Sky going, Charles Gary needs time. This fella needs time just because it's suiting their narrative. But then he sack a manager to beat the band. But, but Shane, this, this, is, this is a fella who did an interview for a TV channel with a player who's just signed a contract with his club so that he, the player could make a plea to be let go by the club and move on somewhere else. 
Yeah. If Mo Salah came out tomorrow and said, I want to leave Liverpool, Gary Neville will be on the television on Monday Night Football or Tuesday Night Football or Wednesday Night Football, whatever Night Football they put him on, saying it's a disgrace that Mo Salah did an interview, unless it was with him, unless it was yeah. with Gary Neville. With Gary Neville, he'd be the best player in the world. But it's a disgrace that he's out there and he's telling people that he wants to leave the club and it should be up to the club to let him go. It, look beyond it. I pay no attention to pundits. I've, no. It's very hard to read even newspapers anymore because most of it's just regurgitation. It's There's so much more insight into football that used to be football journalism five, ten years ago, now in independent blogs and sites and things like that, that you get more of it, that I just don't see the point. Like, the, or maybe it's just being, a, 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 being more curmudgeonly as I'm getting older and I'm, I'm heading towards my 50s, right? And it's just like, I don't need to, I don't, I don't need to watch these Muppets. I get I get more insight from people online. Why would I want to watch a Danny Murphy? What is he? Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's not even he, what 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 he did nothing. Why would I want to watch a, a Jermaine Jennis? What's he? He's a nothing. Why do I want to watch these some other ball bloke, a, a, a Millie Danny or something? Some fella that played for Leeds when they were rubbish. Why? Who's who is he? You know what I mean? So I just this goes back to Gary Neville. Great, he went to Valencia. His attempt at management failed miserably. You've got Jamie Carragher hadn't got the balls to try it in management. Like who are they to to, to make judgments on what's going on or to give us the insights into what's going on in, in into modern day football? Like if you want true insights, go and get somebody that you that worked under Guardiola. Go and get somebody from Germany who can speak fluent English and knows Klopp's met, methods and tactics and gives you true insights. That's what you want to see. But nobody's interested in that. They want the sound bites. They just want people who, are, who look good in front of me. Jamie Redknapp is still employed. Jamie Redknapp mm. hasn't said anything relevant since he did an interview as Liverpool captain in 1995. Right? That's, that's how long it is since Jamie Redknapp had anything that made any sense to anyone ever. Right? So, like, that's what you're looking back on. He should have stuck to what was that game that he played with James Corden and the lads instead. Right? So, the Aaron, league around, whatever, yeah. Aaron says, it is a league. Did, did it is a league alone. Because did you hear Neville tonight already making excuses for Man United? Yeah, but like last week he was telling you United were great, and this week they should sign Harry Kane, spend two hundred more million quid, um, in order to compete. But of course, the this uh, Super exactly. League is the one that's ruining everything. But um, and, and I think we, we're going to do a big, week. we're going to do a big thing on that on Wednesday night. I know that mm. we're going to do a big thing. On yeah. That. What's that? No, it's week week principles. On the on the Monday night football tonight, there was a bit of Gary Neville. Ah, listen, we get into it on Wednesday. One of the rare times that Carragher actually had him on toast in a debate, Neville was just kind of sitting there with his mouth open. It was was actually good to see. There's nothing you can do, Neville. His week to week principles. Two weeks ago, he's saying Glazers out. This, you know, this week, this literally this week, they spend a couple of hundred million. You know, it's week to week principles that this it is. is and it's talk about spending a couple of hundred million with a couple of days to go. Let's move on to our tour topic there, Gav. Yeah. Um, in terms of what we have, right? Um, because I'm, I'm getting annoyed here. I can feel my my my, my spine prickling here, right? So, Peter, this it's a pity you didn't clean well, your. <laughs> Pity you didn't clean your uh, webcam tonight because it yeah. looks like that you've got a dose yeah. of mount. It's, it's like you've got a, and don't try to clean it with your thumb. No, don't. That, that, that doesn't, doesn't work. It. it makes it worse, right? This is yeah. like when you tell a kid clean clean the, the camera there. <laughs> right? The, the light in here is terrible. Pete, right? um, you want to pose the question: Should yep. LFC spend any money in this transfer window? 
Correct. Yep. Yep. That is correct. For me, it's a rhetorical question. And uh, let me let me put it to you, to you straight. You know, we see all of the social media activity. Liverpool should buy Pele, Maradona. You know, Virgil van Mbappe, whoever. You know. But for me, I look at Allison, Force Eleven, Trent, Robbo, Van Dijk, Matip, Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, Salah, Jota, Mane. Second Eleven, Kelleher, Timikas, Nico Williams, Gomez, Konate, Milner, Jones, Keita. Elliot, Firmino, Minamino. That's 22 top players. Then you've got, not even getting into that, Origi, who, you know, doesn't seem to ever want to go. Reese Williams, who did a job for us last year. Oxalay Chamberlain, who by all accounts is a nearly 40 million quid player. Nathaniel Phillips, who did very well for us last year. Adrian, Benny Woodbourne has gone out. Kyde Gordon. We're linked with players like unrealistic where's Cockwood board gone is he, is he gone on the hearts uh, on he's the gone hearts. Hearts, yeah, just for, for one year one year long we're linked uh, with, the with exactly we're linked with unrealistically with players like Mbappe Holland, Chiesa Frank Kessie and we're linked realistically with people like Sar uh, Doku uh, Renato Sanchez Ber, uh, Bernardi Sal Ninguez Chris just texting you here at the moment does it it's like everything no, no, I've said no. this summer. No, but the point the point I'm making, and not a lot of people are, are are going to agree with me. I don't think that we should sign anybody. And I tell you, I tell I, I tell we've signed Canate. We've got six fantastic options in midfield. We've got a number of centre halves who could go in there and do the job. We're okay at fullback. I can't see anybody that's going to come in and improve upon what we've got in the final tour. To be quite honest with you, um, I, you know, I, with the emergence of Young Elliot, with Shakiri going out the window, all these contracts being renewed, I honestly don't want to see any shiny new things coming in before next Friday night or before the, the dead. Because it's just for me, we've got something that we didn't have last year when we were absolutely crippled with injuries in an unprecedented year. I don't see any of these. And big names that were well names that were being connected with, you know, adding anything tonight. We were uh, we were we were hooked up with this Bernardi, who's not a bad player, he's a leader, twenty seven years of age. But again, it's kind of more of what we've already got. I don't see any need to make any changes. All the shiny new change merchants out there for me are just. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's great playing, you know, FIFA and all and making all these signings. But who do we? You know, why should we sign anybody? I think we're in a fantastic... All the lads are fit. Most of the dead wood has gone out the door. Most of the lads that were, unrealist, were realistically not going to get a, a sniff of being in and around the team. We've even got a cup side. That second eleven that I just named for me, we could have a couple of cup runs, which is something we haven't had for a couple of years. I don't see why shiny new things, as you say, Phil, is going to make us any different, any more competitive. I think lock it down now. You know, get the the contract Henderson's contract across the line, Mohamed Salah's contract across the line. Maybe look at new deals for Robbo, um, and I don't know who else is outstanding. That is, but leave things the way they are. In my view, I think th- things have have come to. I mean, Origi will go, maybe, hopefully he does. But if he doesn't, so what? I think Pete, we're all right. Do you know? Do you know that we are now the same amount of years away from 1980? as 1939 was from 1980. Is that mental? <laughs> I know what you're saying. It's a squad game and things. Have, but I've just named 29 players. 
that no, I'm just I'm just saying like we're the same about the years away from 1980 as 1939 oh, was from 1980. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, I mean, that's when you and I really cared about football. Well, not 1980, we're not that old. 1990 it was when you and I really cared about football. No, I just, I, I think though. that's mental. And on that topic, Gav, because I'm thinking of Neville Chamberlain, and um, he was prime minister around that time, right? So I'm just, I'm just, just wandering around here, and Pete's mentioning. That we've got the best squad in world football. No, 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 right? no I didn't say that. Um, See, this is this is Fox News stuff. Somebody in the in the chat just said that Pete said we're going to win four trophies. I never said. I said we can have a realistic cup run in the. Already won one. And now you're saying we've got the best. Fox News are on to you, Phil. They've got your CV. They want you to have the interview tomorrow. <laughs> Anti-vax. Well, Phil's on his way. That's 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 as as anyone would well know. Fox News. Make sure that you're anti-vax on television and getting vaccinated <laughs> off air. Um, Gav, as Pete reckons that we have the best squad in world football, um, not just in in, in England. Um, for you. Do we need to spend, or should we spend at this stage? Do we need to get out there and 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 get into Dunn's for the the you know the the, the summer sale? Because yeah, it's always this time of year. It's always good to pick up a pair of shorts or a vest top that you can keep in the wardrobe till next year. Once 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 you keep it neutral enough, because fashion changes. There's no point getting those those prints on on your vests. You're on mute. That's the You're best thing you said. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, um, I categorically disagree with Pete. Um, okay. You want shiny new things? No, I don't want shiny. The, the whole shiny new things is when there's people running around wanting every player that they fucking know on in the world. I want a more reliable squad, and I want a more robust squad, and I want a more quality squad. All right. And to do that, and I've said this from the very first day of the fucking transfer, the day the season ended, I thought we needed three. I thought we needed a centre-back, which we've done. Absolutely fine with that. I definitely think we need a midfielder. Um, and I definitely think we need a forward. And the reason being, I'm, I said it last night on last night's show, to find a forward that you can bring in, you either go massive. You either go Haaland or you go Mbappe or even that guy Vlavic or you do something along them lines. And I said this last night. Or you try find the right signing that will come in, help the squad, okay, be enough quality to be back up to the four lads that you have there, all right, or be involved with them four lads that you have there, but be somebody that they know in 18 months' time that the chance of those three, um, and when I talk to them three, I mean um, Firmino, Mane and Salah, they all won't be there. So they want to take on the mantle then and become, you know, the player, the main man in a year, 18 months' time, whatever it might be. And it's difficult, it's a difficult sign, I think, up front. Midfield is a no-brainer. And what I mean by that is, if you go on pass form, right, if you go on pass form with us and the midfielders we have and the reliability that they have, we need another midfielder, all right? Because if... If Oxlade-Chamberlain and Keita and even Henderson, right, missed 50% of the games that they missed last season, we are leaving ourselves... With four or five players there, which one was one is thirty six, one is eighteen, one is twenty, still finding his way, one is Thiago, one is Fabinho. Okay, and if we're looking to be successful, win a league, win a Champions League, whatever it might be, okay, 
we need more than that because it's very hard to turn around to them four players and go, listen, them lads are going to be in and out, in and out. They're going to miss this and they're going to miss that. And we're relying on you to be there and be there oh, oh, mentally and physically to be there for us for six, possibly 60 games of the season. So 100% I think we need a midfielder. And that's not me shouting from rooftops going, you know, FSG are fucking this and, you know, um, they should do this and we should do that. I'm not screaming and shouting. I said it the other day, if, if if you lock it down now and we go for it, stay fit, get a bit of luck, I think we'll win the league. I've said that. But it doesn't really go like that, Pete. It usually goes where you get injuries and you get suspensions and you get a lack of form. Mane last season had a huge lack of form. He started okay this season. Great. Firmino was the same. We don't know what way it's going to happen. So anything could happen to Salah. Right, and I know people would say the Afghan. I think it's only two games if he goes to the Afghan, but anything can happen to him. And I think if 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 you're looking at like Shakiri's gone, I don't even know whether he was a midfielder or forward for us because I couldn't really, I didn't really think he suited us either way. He was good, but he didn't suit us. If Origi goes, we're left with them four forwards. Now, if one of them gets an injury and or gets a lack of form, we are literally pinning ourselves on three forwards. P. Right, and what we're looking at at sixty game season if we do want to count, go and win. Do you not count what, them? Do you count Elliot as a forward? No. Or just... No. Yeah. Because no. I think he counts himself as, he, as a He forward. may do, but he's playing in midfield. And, yeah, yeah. And, no, that's fair. And, and he was he was really good on Saturday. And I'd love to see him play next Saturday if he gets a game and play really well again. But at he the end played of the day, his season in Salah's position at Blackburn. He played the whole season. So yeah. I, think he do, I think he can play he there. Ca- he can do there. But what I'm saying to you is, is that it's, I think it's unfair to ask an 18-year-old, who, no matter how good he is, to mm. shoulder Liverpool's oh. forward line when you're going for what you think you're going for. And that's where I think, if it was me, come the 31st of August, I would love to have a midfielder and a forward in. I admit the forward one is really difficult. I think he's difficult. But I think the midfielder is a bit easier to do. And if you do that, I think we go from being with a great chance to being able to suck up them injuries and suck up that loss of form a lot better than what we can do now. And I think that's the way I look at it. I don't look at it as going, we've only signed one. That doesn't fucking count because they've signed three. You know what I mean? These, these teams out there signing... Look at Arsenal Football Club. Look, I can't wait for Wednesday because we do a thing on Wednesday where we do winners and losers. And I done Arsenal last week and I'm doing them a fucking game this week because they're pathetic. And they've spent 150 million quid and I don't know who they spent it on. I really don't. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, spent on your man's video in his car and if you're retweeting that, you're, you're as big a muppet oh, as he is. Yeah, man, yeah, he's mental. But, but yeah. I, I, just, I just think... Looking at it realistically, without going into finances, I'm going into what should be done and is Klopp backed and is Klopp happy and then push all that to the side. That me nonsense, yeah. me no, looking, me looking at this squad says to me, I think we're a bit lighter right back, but we might be able to get away with it. I think midfield-wise, we've loads of numbers, but when you look at the factors around a 36-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 20-year-old, a midfielder and a captain that has had injury problems, then you're down. You're down to bones then. You really are if something happens. And it has happened to us. And there's more of a chance of a lack, drop of form and injuries and niggles at the age these players are at. And I think we need more insurance. Shane, which side of the fence do you sit upon? Or do you rest upon the middle of the fence and balance carefully so as not to hurt yourself? Giving Sean your own for his money on the fence, sitting champion. Yeah, um, three times. Leinster champion in a row. row. Listen, That's fantastic. Boy. Listen, I think... All-Ireland as well, by the way. He won it in Leitrim. Fences, I thought you up there. I would be edging towards Gav, to be honest with you, just in the sense that um, I think midfield would be the one where it happens. I don't think Origi's going to go. 
and I think he's going to stay. And to be honest with you, more luck to him if he if he if he uh, if he wants to stay and take us down. As Keith said last night, the fatback for our contract for both ways, and uh, the club tied him down for contract. So if he wants to stay and, and take us down, listen, I think the only way you'd get him out of that is if. Club turned around and said to him, listen, we're not going to register register you in the league squad, which I don't think is going to happen because I don't think Klopp is that type of bloke. But, listen, I would, I think midfield would be the one where I, I would be a little bit worried. We're, after, but we're basically after losing a bulletproof midfielder that can play 60 games a season. He was gone. Now, Gav has already gone into the ins and outs about different lads injury records and whatnot. But listen, I would, I, if it was me, listen, we are going to lose players in the Afghan and it is only two league games, but listen, who's to say the way the season's panned out, it could be a high number again. They could be two league games if you drop points that yeah. might do you, and that might do you for a, for a, for a league win. So, if, listen, earlier, earlier on the summer, I think the likes of Joyce and the Liverpool journalists were kind of saying the club are comfortable with things going late into the window. A lot, James Pierce said the other day, a lot was up in the air um, due to outgoings. The fact that Shaq is gone, they're starting to get rid of the kind of players that they uh, want to trim the squad down and not have a blow with. I know a lot of that can be on loan. Woodburn's gone on loan. Um, obviously, Shaq is gone. That young lad Clarkson has gone on loan to Blackburn. So, I, with the fact Shaq was gone, I don't want to get into the home ground. I know there's issues over that. Shaq is a non-home ground, so there's a space there now. I would, I could see Minamino probably going out on loan somewhere, maybe, but <clears throat> I agree with Gav. I think the front player is very difficult to do. I don't think Origi's going to go, and I think it would be can, midfield. Can, Shane, can, can I ask you a question, Shane and Gav? It is now, you know, almost September. Most sides, good sides in the Quite world. Why fucking invisible? Sorry, Phil. No, because you're going to come in and weigh in on this, Phil. Actually, no, probably best man to you ask, probably blame. Do you probably it blame is, Britain on it? Go on. It is nearly, it is nearly, uh, nearly September. And most most decent sides are finished their pre-season or, and they're into the league games. Who, decent midfielder, de- decent centre-forward, who can compete immediately, is going to play Russian roulette with their career and just jump ship from the club that they're at and be able to make a difference. Honestly, at I this think, stage, I think I think midfield was. I think there's a lot more options out there. You know, Saul Nguyen from from Atletico is being linked. The talk now is that Liverpool aren't in. They don't they don't want to pay his wages. You want a serious amount, quarter of, of a million a week or something. He's looking for, and, and I think Chelsea and United may be still in talks. Eve Basuma is another one that's being mentioned, and Eve Basuma is doing really well at Brighton. And I'm not saying sign Eve Basuma. Um, you know, I'm, I don't really have an opinion on him. I think he's a good. I don't even have an opinion on signing for Liverpool. I don't know whether it's it's a it's a good or a great thing. I'm I'm not really sure, but he has experience in the Premier League and he will be coming in and knowing. You know, he a bit like the forward thing. He's coming in and saying to himself, "I'm young, um, athletic, strong, fit. You know, and and I can make my way in this team." And when the likes of in in a year or two time or eighteen months time, and Henderson starts to slow down or <coughs> Thiago starts, Ives Basuma is looking at going look. I, I'm, well, Gavin, I'm, more than willing, I'm more than willing to take 18 months here learning yeah. how Klopp works well, Gav, in Brighton, order to get there. Brighton, Brighton, Brighton have a saying this as well. Brighton are saying our season has already started with two games in. This is our best player. And let's be under no yeah. illusions here. He is their best player. So we want £70 million for this player now to let him go because they will sink like a stone without him and because they won't be able to replace him. So that's, in my opinion, that's him out the window till at least January. So he's not realistic. Saul Ninguez wants more, much more money than uh, 
Dan Wijnaldum wanted to stay. Now, he's a couple of years younger, but this is a fella that will want to come in, Gav, and he will want to play unquestionably. And we, I don't know if we're going to be able to give him that. At this stage, it, you know, it might disrupt things. I just worry that my point is, listen, I'd love both for me to be free, but, but I just don't know. It, with the law, the way things are... Someone the typed law, Adama there. Do they mean Adama Traore? Yeah, yeah. I know you would be ahead. better off getting a traffic cone, right? On a rope. It's, it's actually Joe Walsh's And, get, and getting Linders just, 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 just throw the traffic cone up and down the wing for the effectiveness oh. that that fella has. I think he's got three goals ever in his whole career and yeah. one and a half assists. In, think, and those assists uh, uh, are bringing a fella in, in into the toilet before a game once. Yeah, honestly. I, I, I think, I honestly think that um, the Origi one is mad because I think Klopp has shown him, like, he was on the bench against Norwich. Was he on the bench against Burnley? I'm not too sure. But not putting them on. Not interested. Yeah. Not putting them on. You know, putting them into nearly an afterthought in pre-season, you know, the sort of way. Yeah. And and maybe Origi wants to just stay and go, look, I signed a four-year deal in 2019. I'm staying for two more years. Yeah, I, get, I, get, I get 10 million somewhere when, in two years' yeah. time and I'm happy. He may do that. But it, it'd be very interesting to see, with security gone, because the whole thing was about, oh, non-homegrown, can we do this, can we do that? It'd be very interesting to see if Origi goes, what Liverpool do. Because if Liverpool don't, do something if Origi goes. It, it would tell you that they weren't intending on doing anything. You know, well, their intention. <coughs> and 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 it, and it does go back. It does go back to comments. Okay, uh, attributed to to FSG and stuff. And and you know, so, hierarchy okay. the club. Sorry, before the, where where it was basically we saw we need to get the Champions League because this would be a huge difference to us going into the summer. And it looks and the contract stuff I get, but it'd be interesting to see if he goes and and nothing happens then. Okay, can I give you my, my take on it? Because people are obsessed now with getting somebody in that can strengthen the squad. Fuck strengthen the squad. I want people in that strengthens the, the, the first 11. So when you're looking at it, you can clearly say they are better than what we have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand the difficulty that Klopp has, given that he's only going to be here till 2024. Two, two, two problems he has. One, if he's not going to be here past 2024 and he feels the bone of the squad will get him through to then, I know this sounds terrible and you wouldn't imagine it, but at the same time, what is his real concern? All he's concerned about was winning and winning now. And he was in the German media. He gave an interview to the German media saying that he is taking a year off after 2024 and he's not interested in talking about contract extensions and stuff like that. Right. So that's he seems pretty fixed his mind when he wants it. And he's he's said it a good few interviews now that he's finishing or feels like that he'll finish with Liverpool in 2024, right? Which just gives him, I think, nine and a half years with the club in terms of being there as a manager, right? Um, and if you look at all our contracts or extensions that we put in, I think isn't uh what's Van Dyke is out to 2026, is it? Um, and the extent 2025 so they're all in around this 2024 time period that that falls inside with the rage that they have um so but in my head if we're signing somebody we replace the fellas not the fellas on the bench but the fellas on the pitch so when we talk about our midfield i i feel that we need to sign two midfielders this window and i always felt that we needed to sign two midfielders this window not not the forwards but the midfielders because if you look at our engine room, we have Hendo, who's 30 plus. You have Thiago, who's 30 and is going to be 30 plus this season. We have Milner, who's 36. And it echoes to, to what Gav was saying. And then you've got Keita, who's been unreliable through injuries. And you've got a range of young kids who have potential. Okay. So in my head, we needed a starting midfielder to replace the fact that we lost a starting midfielder in Gini Wijnaldum. Right? And I felt that we needed that. We needed that. Plus, we needed the Hendo 
heir apparent. I don't see that in the squad. I don't see it in the makeup of the midfielders that we have. And we've mentioned, there's been mentions, but the guy that I've always thought that would be a natural in terms of going there and is at the right time to throw a 25, 30 million pound bid and get him is Gravenberch at, at Ajax. If we're talking about a player that I want to come in that's going to be ready to fill the Hendo position. <laughs> yeah, but you just right? said two minutes ago you don't give a shit about the squad. You want people to come in and better the fourth team. He's not playing ahead of Henderson. At, at the same time, Gav, Henderson's only going to play about 20, 22 games this season. Yeah, but but, but, but he still doesn't he, get in the side. But I still think that Gravenberch has enough about him to get in that fourth eleven. And so the other think, part, you think you think Gravenberch signs for Ajax after the yeah. statement you made two minutes ago that you don't give yeah. a shit about the squad. You want players that are, that are better I than force eleven. Gravenberch is better than force eleven. He's better than, than some of the midfielders in force eleven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, but you're asking my opinion, and that's I'm, I'm giving oh, yeah. it to you. No, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, listen, and just to, just to fin- just to finish up, and I think Pete was going back saying, "Listen, it's September, or, or it's near, it's it's getting to September now. The windows close and stuff like that." I just think that it's probably a situation looking at it from the outside that Klopp is probably if the the window shut tomorrow and we have what we have, I think Klopp is happy to go with that and say, "Right, if these lads stay fit, I'm confident we can win a league or win a Champions League." Mm. On the flip side of that, I also think he's probably thinking they obviously have listen, we all know Michael Edwards very, very good at his job. They have lists of players. Now, as things go on and people start getting restless that have contract situations at club, we all know how it works the business. Uh, particularly pandemic wise, clubs are struggling for money. People become available. Now, if somebody becomes available, all things coming out, like I mentioned earlier from Joyce and James Pierce and stuff like that was Liverpool are prepared to keep their powder dry to lighten the window and to see what kind of falls from a tree. If something drops onto the lap that the club can get done and that, and and this player ticks all the boxes, bang, they'll do it. And if if it doesn't, then I think Klopp is probably going to say, gamble and say, right, listen, the, all these boys stay fit. I think we can win a league or win a Champions League. And I think that's basically where, where the club are at the minute. Yeah, and look again there's no right or wrong answers but when it comes back to Pete's overall point in terms of should we spend yes and I think an overall point that I think myself Shane and Gav would agree on and Pete I think you'd agree with this is that standing still in football is as bad as going backwards backwards. because ultimately when once if you stand still you will eventually have to replace more than replacing one or two and I will say one thing about United under Ferguson they were very good at doing one to two signings each year. So as they never had to do an overhaul, I think the only real overhaul that happened was when they brought through all the kids in that famous yeah. whatever team it was, or whatever year that was. Yeah. After that, it was constant evolution, not revolution. It was constant yeah. evolution. And they got to a point they could see, well, this is the way we want to go to. We'll bring in one now, two now, one now. And then suddenly the core of your team moves and, and, and moves in time. And, and, and normally what it is, Jonathan makes yeah, Poch and, and Sports did still exactly. So I, I I completely back Klopp. I completely back Edwards. And people out there go on about Klopp working miracles with this side, with this squad, with these players. And it's, if it wasn't for Klopp, it wouldn't happen. It's not. It's a. It's it's the whole thing. Mm. It's all the coaches. It's it's that doesn't happen just because one fella is a genius. All those players arrived there because of a combined recruitment effort. And if we truly believe and back this club and believe in what they're doing, 
then we've got to believe in the system. And we can't, like I think they've signed Canase because they're looking at, well, what, what happens when we need to move something around? My only question that I have, and, 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 and that's the only question I have is, should we look to accelerate that given what we have to do when you look at the age group of those midfielders? And I think Gav has made the most prudent points when it comes to this. And we may disagree on, on how to get there. But when you have three to four of your six squad midfielders that you mentioned, Pete, all being 30, 30 plus or with injury marks or injury reliability questions over them. That's a gamble. And we know they've taken gambles in previous years and up until last year it paid off. We won the league, won the Champions League. But going in, having had such a bad gamble last year, you're gambling that you don't have the same impact this year. And all it takes is Henderson to get a, a, a 12-week injury, Cater to get a 14-week injury. Um Thiago to pick up something that takes about six weeks and suddenly your midfield and we know Fabinho often misses four to six weeks of a season which he has ever since he was here all also, of a sudden, COVID, also COVID issues as well you yeah. don't even have to be injured all of a sudden your midfield is Milner Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott going into an awful lot of games and if you think of what happened when we were trying to hold up the back end it's not a, the, the centre of your midfield is, is where your engine room is. It won't give the freedom for Trent to get on and play the way he's been playing. It won't give the freedom for Simicast to be able to develop the way he is or Robbo to come back in and do what he always does. And then it'll limit the opportunities for the front three that's up front. So in my head, we're worried, people are worried about the centre forward and should we sign Mbappe and should we sign Haaland and should we sign this and should we sign that. If your engine is clogged up because your DPF filter is full of shift fuel, right? Your turbo's not going to work. And at this moment in time, we aren't getting the DPF cleaned. And that's my biggest worry as we go into this season and onto the end of next season. It'll be interesting to see what happens between now and the end of the week. I mean, the one thing that he has got a habit of or the club has got a habit of is, I always go back to the Fabinho deal, is like, where did that come from? And that's arguably one of the most, after Virgil van Dijk and the goalkeeper, that's the most important sign that the club has made. But this is what and, I'm saying. Like, you, you know, you do, we don't know if there's if there is deals in the pipeline and lined up and 80, 85% there, but they're waiting on a Shakiri and an Origi to go so they can do that in. I think Minamino's going to end up being unfortunate if they need to move him out on loan to bring somebody in. I think that might happen. Uh, Kate Fagan saying, stop making excuses. We haven't made any excuses, Kate. We've just discussed exactly what's going on. Um, and but look, at but Gav, he's talking about like, we, we can't have players and we can barely spend a fucking penny. Well, like, Saul was mentioned there, right? Uh, Saul Miguel from Atletico, right? Say the club do want to bring him in, in and like what he said, he's on 250,000 a week. That's what that's what the club are going to offer Mo Salah to become the highest paid player and try and sign a new deal. Now, I'm sure there's going to be bonuses and everything sweeteners to try and get Salah to sign that deal when he could probably go to PSG and get 400. So, like, you can't just start bringing people in and fucking up wage structures on a whim no, because Chelsea, you have Chelsea, the money Chelsea, there. Chelsea, so, Chelsea are trying to do a deal with him on loan. To split the wages with Atletico Madrid. That's what they're trying to do. He's on so yeah, much. And, and Atletico want rid because of his wages. Like mm-hmm. we mentioned that earlier on about, listen, players can become available because due to the pandemic, you look at Amy Martinez going to Aston Villa last year. Farrison didn't really want to let him go. Villa came in 40 million. Oh, jeez. He's arguably our number two. We let him go. Wrong decision, obviously. But like... Like you can't just. I'm not. I'm not going to. You're not going. Listen, there's a way through to the club, and f- listen, I wouldn't be breaking it for myself for Mo Salah, absolutely. Also, can I just just on that chain? And I think Gav, it's also a good point that, and we can move on to the next bit, right? 
Jurgen Klopp has repeatedly said over the summertime, we have a system and we have a method at this club and we aren't like other clubs. He keeps saying this. He keeps telling... I, I'm sure he's he has a pain in his arse listening to people like he's signing players and you can see the way he's doing. He says, we aren't the Manchester City. We aren't the PSG. We aren't the Manchester United. We have a way and a means to do it. So when I get on board, I fuck off. I know he hasn't said that last bit, but he sh- he may as well say it because he's had a go at the he's had a go at fans on the social media. He's had a go at people moaning about about. Sorry, Shane, what are you saying? No, no, it's in the same situation. Look what you were talking about. They have a system. It's in the same situation with the U players. Liverpool don't pay any scandalous yeah. fucking money to U players. Delhi Ali is the case in point. Delhi Ali mm-hmm. wanted five thousand pounds a week when he was seventeen to sign for us from um, MK Dons, and Liverpool were like, "No, we give you." £750 a week and we'll make you a better player and you know we all know I mean arguably I, I think Deli Ali could has missed out on a fantastic career but other people would argue different you know I, I, all I'm saying is actually interestingly if, if somebody was saying can, is there a player that we could could you resurrect Deli Ali has always intrigued me as to where you could if under the right tutorship if you could get his head right he had the raw skill set that in my mind, would make him an incredible club player because he had the engine. And when he was focusing on his football about two or three seasons ago, when they got that run to the Champions League final, he was a, he was a wonderful looking player. Right, lads, last topic. It's my topic. My topic. Move it on, Gav. This is why. This is why I'm the host. Right, boys. Having discussed our, 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 our squads, having discussed the, the clubs and the meetings, having discussed why Trent is a generational talent. What for you? We normally do this at the start of each season that we get a feel, a feel of what it is. But what is it for you guys that constitutes a good season, right? I have a baseline that I always set each year that constitutes an acceptable season. And I'm going to use that as our baseline tonight, right? So in my, my head, quarterfinals of the Champions League top four is the minimum acceptable standard for this Liverpool team. Okay. And that's allowing for injuries across the course of the season and a bigger injury tally than normal, which is what we had last season. And we still managed to finish toward and get to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. So for me, that's the minimum acceptable level that we should be getting as it. But what takes that acceptable to good and then great? So Gav, I'm going to start with you. For you, what is it? What is it that 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 is your? What defines a successful twenty one twenty two for Liverpool Football Club? A league title. No fucking about. Um, I'm not going in for this top four or anything like that. A league title is for me. I think. Um, I think we owe it to ourselves to go and win a league title. I think we are brilliant the year we won it. Um, and. It wasn't ruined on us because of COVID, but it took a lot away. It took an edge off it. And it kind of, it, it didn't give us the chance to show people we were champions. You know, the sort of way, like, no one in grounds and, and all this. And look, it was it's a global pandemic. You can't you can't give out about it. But I think, and not only that, I think what, what's happened with us last season with regards to injuries and, and whatever else has gone on, personal issues, um, you know, and, and personal tragedies around Alisson and Klopp in particular, I think it hurts the squad. I think they got. I think they were poor at times. Don't get me wrong; they were really good up to the twenty seventh of December, and then they were poor. But I think physically and mentally they were drained, and it showed for a period of time right up until probably March, and then they got they got it going again with players coming back and different things. And Sean, he said it last night. He says, "I think we're a wounded animal," and I think he's right. 
and I think um, I think this if this side are looking at any if this side are what I think they are um, and have the mentality that I think they have and the drive that I think they have and, and it goes back probably to the squad that we have and is it a case of keeping these together and because we don't want to rock no I'm not this is an excuse before anyone bleeding lynches me but is it a case of we're sticking with what we have because we're going to prove it and it's 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 nearly a spite thing um, and it's an absolute you know blinkers on we're going for this and I think if this squad are what I think they are I think they're absolutely going for a league title to not right or wrong of last season because shit happens. You know what I mean? They weren't they weren't robbed of anything last season in a, in a footballing sense. They were just you know in in a in a in a worldly sense they were robbed. But right now, Phil, as I'm looking at it, regardless of what happens between now and Tuesday, this squad for me and I'm right behind it. I'm, I'm all in um, on a league title, Champions League. You never know what can happen. You're in pot two. You get a good draw. You get over, and then it's it's rushing new late. You can find a team that are in great form. You can find a team that are in terrible form, and literally the way the Champions League's gone now, you literally have you get through the last sixteen most of the time, and then when you hit last day, there might be one in there that you fancy, and the rest of me are looking going. They're all fucking great sides, and Liverpool are a great side. But there's loads of great sides in Europe, and it's it's a re- it's a really hard thing to win the Champions League. But I think. For me, Champions League was quarterfinals and let's see where we get to. Um, and that's the way I've always kind of been with it. But the league, for me, I'm not tolerating top talk of top four. And I'm not even to- tolerating top top three. I'm, I want the league title and that's it. I want the, uh, Domestic cups, I'd like to see... <laughs> let's try to get through a couple of rounds for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Because um, not not just for this. Not no. I know Phil's gonna have a blow a gasket at that, but it's it's more for the likes of Cade Gordon. I want to see these players getting some game time. Not the ones that are hanging around like the Grouches and stuff that you knew was never gonna happen for them. But the likes of Cade Gordon and 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 Nico Williams and and you know even Harvey Elliott to an extent. You know and younger so, players that you see coming through. Uh, I'd like to see a couple of rounds in domestic cups, but um, give me the league title and anything else after that. I'll, I'll take it as it is. Shane, oh, what does it feel? Uh, listen, like success is winning one of the big two, you know what I mean? League or the Champions League. Um, I'm absolutely in your camp regarding the FA Cup, Phil. I fucking hate it. And if we never played in it again, it would not bother me in the slightest. But I actually am a huge fan of the League Cup. Midweek, one round, done on not the that. night. No shitty replays. Yep. Final in February. All done and dusted. Nice little trophy to pick up if you can get it. The problem is City put out their £360 reserves, a million pounds. PSG reserves, this year as well. And, yeah, and, <laughs> and just cr- cruise through the early rounds. Hockey and all before them, and they probably do the same again this year. But I'm mm. coming from a slightly different angle, I suppose, from what you said at the start, kind of acceptability and all that. I have, as lads will know in the WhatsApp group, I tend to be a glass half empty person and I will always 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 have that fear that like last year like we were cruising next thing them couple of injuries happen what happens in the middle of the season happens and we are absolutely up against the staring down the barrel of top four and I was geeking it didn't think we were going to get it last year and all credit all credit as you know Gav (laughs) all credit to the lads as I've repeatedly said the last 10 games fucking absolutely unbelievable to get forward so I would I would like it's it's not that long ago where we were in mainstays in the Champions League. We were like Arsenal, we were scrimping around chasing. Klopp came in, changed all that. So we would like to keep that run going and really fucking hammer the hammer and we are mainstays, top four Champions League. 
Um, I'm on to continue that because that's listen the the be all and end all. Unfortunately, for players and everything like that, is the Champions League. And you're going to try and sign the best players if you're not in the Champions League. It's very, very, very difficult. So that's just my concern slightly. Like, um, what's an acceptability? That's always kind of in the back of my head. Fucking nail top four down. But listen, success with listen this team last year. Like I just said. We were fucking geek for fucking whatever twelve weeks or whatever injuries coming over hoop, still managed to rally and fucking get top four. All the big boys are back now, so I don't see it. I don't envision it being, being an issue. But success, winning one of the big two, winning one of the big two league, or Champions League, and I don't give a fuck which one. Uh, Pedro, what say you? The great thing about being completely written off by the press is that. You know, it becomes some people's reality. Some people, for some people, last year's six defeat at Anfield on the bounce is the reality of Liverpool. I think those some people are in for a hell of a shock. I think even us, I'd agree exactly what Gav said earlier on, and I'm, I'm sure Sean, because Sean is always on the money when it comes to these things. It's not just the Liverpool. It's a combination of two things that could make the perfect storm. Liverpool are a wounded animal, and you cannot have a season like last season be a player like Virgil van Dijk, for example, to name one of four or five players who would be coming back very angry um, and have a year like you did last year without wanting something back this year. Um, it's a very, very, with everything that's happened, sadly, you know, COVID and all that, it's easy to forget that we were the best team on the planet that anybody had seen in a couple of decades, easily. Um, just a few months before that, to be honest. And we haven't lost anything in terms of quality. We've lost one player of energy, you know, but we haven't lost any quality. If anything, we've gained quality. I think, um, I still think, I look at what Man City are doing and I don't see, I'm not afraid of it. I think they've lost the sharp end of the stick when they lost Aguero. I look at Chelsea, a lot of new players. I think they almost won the Champions League by default, to be quite honest. Um. I honestly think that with everybody playing, we probably don't, even we forget, we are the best team on the planet. We are, simple. So I would be, a, a good season is winning one of them, but I expect Liverpool to be in the show. It's almost going to be like, for me, the perfect storm of the season that we were pipped. We got 97 points, didn't win the league, got to a Champions League final, lost it, except we get across the line in both competitions. I think we win both competitions. And we the the B team gets through a few rounds in the in the domestic cups. I think we're going to have an unbelievable season. Honestly, honestly, everyone stays fit. Touch wood. I'm not I'm not just gassing it here. I honestly think that we've forgotten how good we are. You know, last year was a complete freak, and I think that extra year of togetherness, everything the boys have been through last year. I mean, you 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 must be sitting looking at each going. How the fuck did that happen? How angry? I mean, you look at a man, for example, like Virgil van Dijk. He's cool as you like. He's all of those things. But when he's fucking wound up, pardon my language, can you imagine what it's like? I mean, people are talking about Lukaku on Sunday and all this. When he's wound up, pardon my language. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about any, any of these things. I'm looking at, Virgil van Dijk is strolling his way through the season so far. He hasn't even opened his legs to sprint, you know, and Thiago, you know, I, I, I'd argue and say that he hasn't looked as good as he was pre-injury in the first two games of the season. I, thought, I, I, I think Matip's been imperious. If you were to take the two centre-backs, yeah. I would say Matip has outplayed him over the first two games. It's great having yeah. Van Dijk back and he gives an option from, from set pieces and he looks dangerous from set pieces and changes that up at the, at the top end. 
But I've been worried about Van Dijk and it'll be interesting to see. I'm hoping that the first game of the season this weekend (laughs) raises... You know the way sometimes a player needs that that yeah. that challenge he has Lukaku mm. who's a, who's a decent player but tends not to turn up in big matches and I'm just hoping that gives him the the thing just to literally show that he has the has that step up again so that's that's my only thing when, when it comes to yeah. VVD um, uh, the test yeah you're right mate the test is coming but listen the the biggest character we have is him I fancy both of them trophies I do fancy okay. I think I think so you're going you're going him. success for you this season both is the of double teams. of the league and the Champions League. Yeah. Both of them okay. minor. I'm 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 not going to be um controversial here. I avoid oh, relegation I say, for oh, me. I thought you were gonna say I won't be as optimistic as any of those cunts and I was gonna go, well that's Avo- yeah. avoiding relegation for me will be success. Like that's yeah. the most important things that we don't go down um because they're in a battle now. Now look I think we have a limited amount of time with Jurgen Klopp, right? And my analogy is, I always think the Champions League is the closest you can get to the Super Bowl in non-American football and that you don't have to be the best team to win it, right? Whereas I think the Premier League is such a rare combination of a number of teams that can win a league in the domestic title. There's very few leagues in in, in, in Europe where you have four to five teams that can feasibly win a league, despite what Manchester City have spent, right? You've got us, you've got United, you've got Chelsea, you've got our, and you've got City, right? You've got, they're the four teams this season who can win a league. Show me another league in, in show me another league in Europe that has that many realistic challengers that are probably going to beat the, um, most of the shit sides and it's going to be who can get to 92, 93, 94 points because they're going to take points off each other. Look at the look at the quality amongst those sides now. They're going to take points off each other, right? So, to me, winning the league and hopefully winning another league title under Klopp, if Klopp left us in 2024 with three league titles haven't been here and a Champions League run, to me, that would be one... I I I I can't in, in modern day football with the amount of money that's spent on the model that we have in place and previous to this Paisley um Shankly not Shankly but Paisley Fagan Douglas we were the biggest team in the in England we spent the most money we had the transfer records we were that team at the very top of the table we aren't in that category anymore we're in the tier just below that so to achieve two to three league titles a Champions League title and another Champions League final appearance under Jurgen Klopp in the amount of time he's there will be phenomenal. And for me, winning a second league title for this team and this squad was always the benchmark I wanted because I think we talked about was that just a wondrous season and you know that, that amazing thing because great sides do more than just win one title. Yeah? They do more than just one, two I mean, back-to-back This team won the Champions League as well though. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying, they, but they went at 12 and had, months. And, and had 97 points the previous season. I know, listen, they might as well have had 81 points. They finished second. But that's it, Shane. It's about mm. putting titles on the board, right? Mm. And if this, for me, when people look back at Klopp's reign and Klopp's spell and charge, I want to see more than just one league season where people turn and say, well, it was just it was one of those freak seasons where, you know, you take away any use of an asterisk, you take away that question mark that was there, right? And you've just put that stamp down that the best teams always win more than just one title. 
And that 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 is what I want to see. To me, success is winning another domestic title, and then hopefully seeing him win another Champions League before he bows out in twenty twenty four. If that's what his decision is. Fair. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Do you think? Listen, I, I think with the way the landscape is of football, you, the likes of PSG, you've the you've the um, countries owning football clubs now, and obviously you've got Abramovich at Chelsea. I think it's 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 very difficult, and it's only going to get harder. With the model mm-hmm. that FSG have, which I'm fine with, we've been on record of saying I'm fine with. I don't, I don't need a Saudi fucking prince to come in and buy us. Really, it's just I'm happy enough the way we're on. But I, I, I think it's going to be difficult. I think for me, if he won one more of either, and that that was his lot after coming in and taking over what he took over, um, and to give us the the highest. Um, and obviously the odd law in Kiev or whatever but uh, the, the run to get there was amazing so listen I think if he, if he won one more of either and, and left us in 2024 I think he's been an unheralded success and he's um, and he'll forever be the one that, that uh, ended the ended the way for the league title I don't care about asterisks and everything he could put an asterisk on it because we blew the arse off the league by fucking January so you can stick mm-hmm. a couple listen, of fucking we could have, we could have, we, exactly we could have stayed on the same points as, as we went into that break and still won the league but anyone that talks asterisk nonsense oh, needs to slap the asterisk the asterisk ridiculous because I think if, if it didn't if the football didn't stop I think Liverpool would have put a points points total on the board that would have never been touched ever again. Yeah. Yeah. They don't they done ninety nine points and they were drunk for the last fucking six games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's the saddest. That's the saddest bit for me about. Yeah, that, that it team. is for me as well. It, it is something where people go, "Oh, point off City." Trust me, if if that football hadn't stopped Liverpool, would I think would have probably put a hundred and six to eight points on that board? Where it was yeah. shallow with it. Yeah, mm. and that's 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 my only regret about that season. Fantastic, we won the league. But look, I think if we won the league this year on 92, 93 points, and it's a much it's similar to what it was like in eighteen nineteen where we come second. Um, and we get there with 97 points, but there's a there's a bigger spread of teams that are in the running for the title. It's probably even a bigger achievement, given the amount of mm. money that's been spent since then, given the amount of money that's been put into Chelsea, that's been put into City, and all these type of teams that, that are there. I think that becomes then a bigger achievement yet again, because we've managed to do it with our system and our methodology in place. And that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing again for a manager to, to, to do what it is. Well, it's, it's, it's only going to get hard, I feel. And look at you, I know you've been on record before, Saying, listen, this is going to end. We've now the Vine Roy to be up there winning the league. Like, it's, it's cyclical. Like, where that club stays for an mm-hmm. extra year or whatever, or when he does eventually go, we, we look at that. Could be a fall off. I don't know who's going to come in, get the job, or what way it's yep. going to be, or who's the, the club. So, listen, you don't have any of the Vine Roy, and you just want to, it, it's only going to get harder with the way City, PSG, uh, Chelsea, etc. I don't think so. Listen, I, I take a hand off for one more of the, the big two. Mm. okay look that's been the show I just want to point out to anyone that's listening in the chats that if you want to figure out what Tommy Tuchel was doing when he was uh, given the heave how a PSG go on to Netflix and go on to Harlan Carbon's or Harlan Coben's most recent uh, novel that's been made into a French TV programme called Gone for Good and you'll find him on there playing as an actor and he's playing the character Fred who is the taught dead brother of Guillaume right so there's one for everyone to go out there and have a look at before the weekend um, and you'll thank me for that right <laughs> The lookalike is actually frightening. I was watching there going, that's is that what the fuck was doing? And then Eric Cantona has a has a has a movie up there as well. So it's definitely going on if you have a Netflix yeah, subscription. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> well, yeah, gone for good. Check it out. Fred, the actor that plays Fred, Tommy Tuchel, all over. Um, and before he turned up at Chelsea, he had to do something to keep the old bills and the electricity on the gaff. Um, <laughs> this has been the forum. The beside me is Shane Davin. Below me is Pete. Uh, Pedro. I don't know. What's 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 Smith in Spanish? They have no uh, Ferrer in Catalan. There you go. Pedro Ferrer, right, all the way <laughs> from Spain, right? And then over in the, in the, in the bottom corner, with his mic turned off again, is, of course, um, the, the man who's been doing the graphics and the thing. It's Gavin Doyle. Before we go, uh, buy a ticket for Siena. Mm-hmm. Cost you one euro, right? That's all. We get to 11,000 subs, we do 100. No, we've worked past that. I'll try. We've worked past that. Get to 12,000 now. Get to 12,000, we'll, we'll do a tenner. We another, no, right, we so do another 100. Do another 100 in yeah. if we get to 12,000. Right, so um, no excuses not to do it. Tell your folks, tell everyone, tell the crane drivers, tell the bus drivers, the whole lot there. Get them. Euro won't cost anything. Um, thank you again for all the chats. We enjoyed them as we're going through. Um, and we're back tomorrow night, which is Tuesday. Do a show no, tomorrow night, Gav? No, 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 uh, no, I want to give it. I, I want to give no, I don't have a night off. Um, I want to give a shout out to Conroy that's been on a couple of shows in the last uh, week or 10 days. Uh, he has right. his own channel, and me and him are going on there tomorrow night to have a chat about Liverpool. So, um, Conroy Excellent. Talks is his YouTube channel, so go and check that out tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Super. Um, and then Wednesday, we have the Wednesday fix with Jamie coming Maybe live fix. from. I don't think he's you're doing well. He's, he's, he's not on a hot tub, is he? Well, Hopefully he's not in a hot tub. Um, so there's, there's Jamie. If there's, if there's paint then, all over him when he comes on, don't right. panic. He's just been painting in the house. Yeah, he hasn't oh. been at Pete's steamy webcam. No, and no, then, no. Uh, then uh, Thursday we have uh, Carnage, where Grizz and Avi will talk absolute bollocks about imaginary transfers that are not going to happen before the transfer window. Um, yeah. I can't wait for the transfer window. What? I don't know if Abby's on again. You're doing great here. Go on, keep going. Yeah. You've got um, all of them wrong so then, far. On, fr- on Friday, we have the Red Sea Cup lads uh, who will be doing the preview show. Am I right there, Gav? Is no, that day on a Friday? No, on Friday, no. it's Sports Unplugged with Abby and, and Connor. Well, Abby will be back sports. on, having talked the vast quantities of shite with Grizz on Thursday <laughs> to talk more shite about wrestling. Oh, so yeah. if you're a grown adult that's into wrestling, go Last to Last week was go, wrestling. Go this week, this week I'd say it'll be um, go get it'll all different help. sports. You just pick sports and goals for it. Fair play to them. But go, but go get yourself help if you're if you if you start sending me shit about WWF and all that type of stuff. Phil, bin, you're not doing very bin. well at promoting this fucking stuff. We work hard on our week, but it's but it's great. It's a great show, and you should definitely tune in because the lads talk about loads of things. They're talking. I'm going on it some week, and I'm going to be talking about corn sack. Um, the corn corn sack championships that ESPN show in between all the stuff cool. about three o'clock. What are we doing on Saturday, Phil? Uh, Saturday we're doing the preview show. With the Red Sea Cup lads, uh, <laughs> no, we're doing no. Uh, we're doing a pre-match show with uh, the countdown to kick off. Uh, this week it is um, Darren and Conroy. What are we doing after it, Phil? Uh, we're doing the match after the show. Yeah, the Red Sea lads are on. Uh, the Red for, Sea lads. Yeah, yeah, there, there you go. You said them four the times, yeah. but now um, the. Right at the death, they got in there. Now the Red Sea pod lads will be on after the Chelsea game as well. Grad. And, and they'll be on to discuss what happened during the Chelsea game mm-hmm. and if Tommy Tuckle's um, performance as Fred so in, in Gone for Good uh, was definitely worth watching. And then finally on Sunday, we have the Fatback Four. Mm, um, well there'll done. be a combination of four people on there um, uh, dressed as wrestlers, I believe, this week, yeah, just yeah. to celebrate Avi's uh, wrestling wrestlers show on Friday nuns. night. We haven't decided okay. yeah. So... 
that's the week ahead. So I hope you all tune in I and get in with your comments. All right. um, and don't miss anything. Well, do you like that, Gav? Yeah, stick that in a promo tomorrow. I, I can't see you getting a job at the TV listings companies, but listen, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> it is. It is. It is indeed. That's been the show. I've been your host, Phil Casey. Good night. God bless. Talk to you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.